Well, as we've already said, and I want to keep echoing, thank you for being with us. Thank you for joining us today. I know some of you are guests. You're here with family, and I'm so thankful you're here. And, um, you know, uh, just a, kind of in a moment of me just kind of thinking about reflecting on what this is. And, you know, we often call this our home. This is a, our church home, but we call it a home. We refer to one another as a church family. And, and uh, I just sometimes in these moments on days like this, I was thinking this morning just how great it is to be at home with my family on Christmas. And I know some of you don't know each other that well. Some of you know each other really well. But I hope that everybody in here today can sense that you're part of a bigger family, um, the fam- God's family, and that we together uh, get to have a kind of a moment today on a special day of the year, right? This is a day in which um, I'm just, like I said, grateful that you have chosen to spend part of it with us. And uh, so if we knew, we are church, about five years old. Um, we've been in this building about two years, and we just continue to just uh, hope uh, that we can learn what it means to be the church the best way we know how. We're trying to figure that out, and we're still doing it, but we're so thankful for what God's been doing. We do really do see everything as a gift. And so today, we do get to celebrate God being co- coming into this world, being born as a baby. You know, I, I think it was, I'll never forget, maybe about, I think it was last year, we're driving down the road, and the song comes on, you know, uh, the song, Santa Baby. You know the song? And Grayson, who's our little three-year-old in the back, he goes, wait, uh, Santa had a baby? Is it Jesus? And, <laughs> and so I just, I'm just thinking, like, this kid, he's, like, trying to put Christmas together, right? He's, like, trying to piece it together in his head what it is. He's thinking a little eight-pound, six-ounce baby Jesus is Santa's baby. And uh, <clears throat> anyway, even in our house, we're trying to still tell the story, right, of Christmas. Because this world, like... In this world, Christmas kind of goes crazy, doesn't it? Like, the world is like, I mean, everything, everywhere you go, it's, you know, buy me, try me, wear me, drive me, eat me, smell me. It's the greatest Christmas, you know, gift or treat ever, right? And that's just the way it is. And it's like, for a month, like, the world goes bananas. And uh, especially our country. Well, we were driving to, um, up to Starbucks. I was with Emily, my, my oldest daughter. And we, we drive up, and they have the holiday drinks. You know how everything has the holiday version of everything? They have the holiday drinks on the menu, and they have one that says toasted white chocolate mocha. And I'm thinking, my natural question is, what's the difference between that and the white chocolate mocha that's on the menu all year round? And so that's my natural question. I say, excuse me, barista, what's the difference between these two drinks? And and she literally says, well, the toasted white chocolate mocha is a little toastier. And I ask, I ask Emily, I said, so how's it taste? And she goes, it's toastier. <laughs> so, I mean, it's right on, you know. Like I said, this country goes a little crazy. We have everything, you know, everything changes. And we, but I love it. It's fun. And, and through it all, um, beyond trying to explain to your kids that it's, Jesus is not Santa's baby or trying to just wade through the white chocolate mochas, there is, um, <clears throat> there's this, this humming that we hear about, right? This consistent theme, this real deal, right? And it's Jesus, and this is what it's all about. And I think we all know it, but we, we like try to like navigate this world that we live in and how crazy it can be. And how do we make this about Jesus? And so we have this word on the screen today, and it's called Emmanuel. And we talked about it last week, and we, we unpacked this amazing word in which 
This is basically one of the things that people called Jesus. Um, the angel came and they said, you're going to name him Jesus, but people are going to call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And they're going to call him that because it's literally God with us. And there's going to be all sorts of things you call Jesus. He's going to be the Prince of Peace. He's going to be wonderful. He's going to be counselor. He's going to be the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. But he will be called Emmanuel because he is literally in the flesh God with us. And today, I just thought it would be really appropriate and really good to not just unpack and teach more about that amazing reality, but to feel it. Um, I don't know about you, but sometimes, sometimes I know more about God being with me than I actually feel it. Are you with me? Are you feeling me? That you know, how do we how do we actually feel God's presence? I mean, is it supposed to be like this warm, toasty thing, or is it something? <laughs> is it something else? Like, how do we feel? His presence, because I know that some of us in this room, we really need to feel his presence. We really need to feel um, that God is with us. And so that, that, that term, that statement, that God is with you, um, maybe in your head it's comforting, but you haven't quite felt it the way you want to. So I want to read a passage to you. It's out of Psalm 139. You've, you've maybe heard this before, but let me just read these words as we talk about God with us. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me. I just want to pause on this passage. In fact, I kind of, just to help us feel this a little bit today, I want to invite you to close your eyes. Just close your eyes and... I'm going to read this again, and I want you to listen to these words. And I know some of you aren't comfortable probably closing your eyes. That's okay. You don't want to. But if you are, close your eyes and just listen to this. See if you can feel his presence. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings on the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me. I want you to just keep your eyes closed for just a minute. I want to read a few other scriptures, and I just want you to just let these words just kind of sit in your heart as I say them. These are throughout the scriptures, but this one in Joshua 1.9. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Matthew 28, 20, Jesus said, And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. In Deuteronomy 31, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Isaiah 41, 10, Fear not, for I am with you. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And finally, Romans 8, 38, 39. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor the things present or the things to come, nor powers, nor height or depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You can open your eyes. <clears throat> there's, a, there's a gravity, I believe, to God's presence. There's a weight to it. 
I use the word gravity because I, I mean, almost like that you can feel it pressing in on us. And some of us are like, I don't really feel it yet, but maybe you can, you can say it this way. is It's not so much um, just something that we know, but it is something that we feel. And it's a weight, if we're really paying attention, that we start to understand that life is not just about jobs and busyness and, and, and even breathing, that, that, that there's something, if we really listen to our soul, that's kind of that at times can press in and we can feel the weight of God's presence in this world, that it is more than just about what is uh, tangible, but that there's something that is beyond tangible, right? That there is a presence that's not cumbersome or burdensome, but it's one that if we really are open to it, it starts to feel like, the word says, a comforter, right? It starts to feel like a counselor. And God's presence is something that all of us, I think, want to feel more. Yet, too many times in life, we make God and Jesus something that we try to figure out with our heads, right? We try to think about him and learn about him. And so our whole pursuit of God is one about intellect and learning. Yet, the idea of feeling him is something that I don't know if we do much. And I, I hope that today that maybe you're open to feeling his presence and opening your heart to that. And I realize that for the men in the room, that can be hard to actually feel. Hmm? because it's hard for us to think, too, so, well, I don't know. We're going to struggle today, fellas. It took you a minute to get that. <clears throat> I joke, but I, I, I do think, <clears throat> kind of serious, I hope that today you'll, you'll, you'll open your heart to the Lord and hear him speak, because I, I keep saying this, but I feel like some of us need to feel his presence today. We need to be reminded of him. Um, I don't know about you, but as I come into Christmas Eve this week, I just continue to hear, and I've heard multiple stories of just people that are just dealing with difficult situations, that are just dealing with challenging situations. And it's, it's interesting that how at the Christmas season, it seems like this seems to be elevated. And I wonder if it's really elevated or if our, if our senses are just more aware of them, right? And if, and if the tragedy that have happened in life, we start to notice them and feel them more because this is supposed to be a season of cheer and joy. And yet, why do I feel the way I feel is how some of us are. And so some of us or maybe going into a Christmas season and it's a real pain, it's a real tragic thing we've experienced. Maybe you've lost someone and this is the first Christmas that you don't have them with you. Or perhaps you lost someone a long time ago and, but it was around the holiday season and so every time you get to this season, all those memories flood back. Or perhaps you just had a really hard year. 2017 was not a good year. And you're just hopeful that 2018 can be a little better and you're just ready for it to end. Maybe you've encountered a difficult situation with your family. And so what happens is all this Christmas cheer, it just makes all the pain or the hurt that you have in life just more visible. Maybe it just is one of those seasons in which it elevates and illuminates the fact that you're lonely. And so Christmas can be one of those seasons when I'm like, wow, I mean, how do, how do we come at that? And I go, man, the message of Christmas, what is it? It is, it is the fact that you have a God who's with you, Emmanuel. I mean, the greatest message that Jesus gave us is he says, I'm with you and all of that. And so here's what I want to say today, that if you have pain or if you feel broken or if you feel like you're hurting or you feel empty inside or you're tired or you're just simply bored or if you're hoping that maybe somehow 2018 can be a little better, maybe you could just hear the simple truth that God sees you right where you're at, that God loves you, and that God has you. I say that all the time, but I say those things because of this. I can say that he sees you and that he loves you and that he has you because God is with you. God is with you. 
And I know some of us haven't maybe experienced some painful circumstance. We're not going through pain, but if I was gonna say, yeah, what about life right now? When you're looking at 2018, what do you really, really hope for? And you're saying, I'm hoping for something new. I need change in life because I'm tired of status quo mediocrity and just going through the motions and doing the same thing over and over again. I need a fresh burst of God's presence in my life where I get to experience his love, joy, peace. I need that. And so some of us are looking at 2018 and we're going, is it going to be more of the same or can it be different? And I believe God is saying, I'm with you if you'll let me be. If you'll let me be. Well, you know, in, in the story in Luke 2, whenever we tell the whole story of Jesus and his, his birth, there's a, there's a moment when the angel shows up to the shepherd. You guys remember this moment? And it says this. It says, it says do not, <clears throat> the angel reassured the, the shepherd. He says, do not be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born. You ever notice how in the scriptures, when anytime an angel shows up, the first thing they say is, do not be afraid. Mary, Mary, you know, do not be afraid. Joseph, do not be afraid. Shepherds, do not be afraid. And then, of course, there's all these other examples in, in this. I think before the angels come down to earth, there's like another group of angels saying, hey, remember, first thing you need to say is, do not be afraid. Because you're going to show up in all your heavenly splendor, and these humanoids who think the world is all about them are going to freak out. So just say, do not be afraid. It's going to help. Just trust us. So, I mean, I'm just picturing that. So they say, do not be afraid. But I think when I really think about the message of that, there is something for us that I, I think we need to hear. And that's that perhaps for you today is you need to hear, do not be afraid. And what I mean by that is some of us are afraid to just admit that God is real. Or perhaps we're afraid to, we're afraid to, to really allow God's presence and Jesus to come into our heart. And, and, and there's a fear in that that, that perhaps that, We've limited God, and we don't really allow him to be with us in the way he wants to be and chooses to be and is offered to be because of some fear in our life. And so maybe today it's for you, it's to say, I need to quit fearing what the Lord wants to do, and I need to, I need to give him freedom to come in and to actually allow him to not only heal that pain or that hurt, but to, to give me a fresh burst of vision for what my life can be, that I can live a life with God maybe more so than I ever have before. Maybe that's the message this Christmas that you need to hear is that Jesus came for you. Jesus came to be with you in a revolutionary way, one that you've yet to experience. Maybe you've just gotten started, you've had a lot of good things, but he's saying, hey, there's more. There's more and there's more. Will you trust me? Do not be afraid. Will you trust me? Do not be afraid. So maybe perhaps this Christmas, it's not just about, you know, white chocolate mochas and Santa baby, right? It is. It is about something that Jesus is trying to tell us, and he's been trying to tell us for a long time. And so when Jesus showed up 2,000 years ago into a world that needed to hear all these things, it was exactly what they needed to hear. They needed to know that God was with them and that he was the God of love, and he was the God of, he was the God of hope and joy and peace. And it's the same thing we need to hear today. So I know Christmas Eve is today, of course, and a lot of you have Christmas Eve traditions. Later today, you'll be kind of getting involved in all... How many of you guys have Christmas Eve traditions <clears throat> with your family? You do every year, exactly. We'll be doing them. A lot of us will get started right after we leave here, and maybe tonight you'll be reading Twas the Night Before Christmas. Anybody do that? Yes, a few of us. Um, some, not many, okay. Uh, when I was a kid... <laughs> Me neither. Uh, <clears throat> 
When I was a kid, my kids, always, my, my parents always had us open a gift on one gift on Christmas Eve. Anybody do that tradition? You know what I mean? And it was always they made sure it was the worst gift under the tree. You know what I mean? They're like, you open it up, you're like, ah, 64 crayons, yay. You know what I mean? Something like that. And um, so there's all sorts of traditions you guys are going to be doing today. Maybe you're going to have a Christmas meal, make make a Christmas roast beast or whatever. Kind of a Grinch reference there, but um, maybe you're going to do other things. I don't know. You're going to open gifts. Some of you're going to head to the mall in just a little bit to get that last Christmas gift. There are the Hickory Farms sausages there for everybody who needs them, bust into those. We're going to do all sorts of things. One of the, one of the traditions that my family does every year on Christmas Eve um, is, our final, is our final night of, today is our final night of Advent. And as you guys know, we've been doing Advent as a church, but we do some things as a family as well. And I've mentioned before, but our family, for the four weeks leading up to Christmas, we have one night a week in which we kind of make a family. And I know some of, some of you do that as well. And and we just we do all sorts of different things, but one of the things we do is we we try and sort through the confusion as things like is Jesus Santa's baby. We we work we work through those sorts of things with our kids, and and we talk about really what um, what the meaning of Christmas is. Of course, we do scripture memory and things like that that are, are really good to do. And then we deliver food to neighbors and different things like that through this whole month. And then it ends on this night, though, in which. We get to Christmas Eve, and we want to be reminded of what this is about. And so I, I open the, the Bible, and I read the story of, of Jesus. And, and I know that sounds like, well, yeah, of course. But I mean, how many of us really know the story of Jesus? And we do. We know, we know the birth of Jesus because we've heard it before. But, but, but so often we go through a year, and we never even really re-engage the story and read it like as if we were reading it again. And we lose the wonder and the mystery of it and the, and the power of it and the fact that we had a God who came down from heaven, left his throne, he came down in the most humble way as a baby to come and to not just, it was like the only way he could actually show his radical love to us was through this way. And he does this. And so we read the story and how we do it is in our house, we turn all the lights out and then we light the candles to remind ourselves that Jesus is the light of the world, of course. And then, and then I read the passage, if you will. Um, and I look, I kind of use, if you will, uh, Matthew and Luke and, and, and other parts of the scripture, kind of piece it together so it's kind of one story. And so I thought today it would be good to kind of bring that tradition into this gathering and to read the story that is 2,000 years old and it's the most radical story that's ever been told. And so I'm going to invite my friend Meredith to come and she's going she's gonna to read this story out of God's word to us. And, and I'm going to hope that we feel it, Right? that we actually feel it today, that it's not just um, something that we maybe encounter again for the first time or, or maybe encounter again for the hundredth time, but that we, we feel what God wants to do in us. So the birth of Jesus. The birth of Jesus is a history-splitting, sort of movement-making, human-saving, world-shaping, moment. Jesus is absolutely the most important person that's ever been born in this world. More books have been written regarding him, more paintings have been painted of him, more words have been spoken of him, more lives have been changed by him than any other figure in the history of the world. And, and he came and he, and his birth marked the beginning of a new way of life. And I think we know this, but he came to love us. He came to give us hope. He came to give us peace. He came to give us love. And he says, he's Emmanuel. He's God with us. He's available as a gift to anyone who would want it. So 
Let's read this and hopefully feel the power of the story. The birth of Jesus took place like this. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. Before they got married, Joseph discovered that she was pregnant. It was by the Holy Spirit, but he did not know that. Joseph, chagrined but noble, and determined to take care of things quietly so Mary would not be disgraced. While he was trying to figure out a way, he had a dream. God's angel spoke in this dream. Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit-conceived. God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant. She will bring a son to birth, and when she does, you, Joseph, will name him Jesus, God saves, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken through the Roman Empire. All returned to their own ancestral towns and to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of the King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiance, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time had come for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Do not be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. When the angel had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherds' story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem, a band of wise men arrived in Jerusalem from the east. They asked around, where can we find and pay homage to the newborn king of the Jews? We observed a star in the eastern sky that signaled his birth. We're on pilgrimage to worship him. Then the star appeared again, the same star that they had seen in the eastern skies. It led them on until it hovered over the place of the child. They could hardly contain themselves. They were in the right place. They had arrived at the right time. They entered the house and saw the child in the arms of Mary, his mother. Overcome, they kneeled and worshiped him. Then they opened their luggage and presented gifts, gold, frankincense, myrrh. Let's pray together. God, we, uh, we are so grateful. Lord, even in the midst, I know some of us in this room may be uh, 
resonated with the need to feel you, the need to feel your presence, because perhaps even though Christmas is supposed to mean joy, it's not always meant that. Lord, I pray that right now, though, they can sense and feel your presence, that you came for us, that everyone in this room, that we can express, if you will, our gratitude in a way of uh, worshiping you, that you would fill our hearts with joy, that, Lord, we'd have the courage to allow you to come into our life, that we wouldn't be afraid. So thank you, Jesus. We celebrate you today. It's your day, and we're so grateful that you've come for each and every one of us and that you are God with us. We pray these things in your name. Amen.